0: Welcome to the Sikha this week. We're learning Sikha Bayz of Parshish Mikates and Khailik Yud on page one thirty-six. So Sikha here on a rashi in this week's Parsha. Batirav People of Mitzrayim were all hungry in the years of the hunger. And they came to Par. they were crying to Par for food. Go to Yosef. And whatever he tells you, you should do. So Rashi explains there, after he explains the beginning of the Pasuk, that they were all hungry, so Rashi brings from the Pasuk the last words, that whatever Yosef tells you do, and Rashi explains as follows, because Yosef had told them that they should all make a bris, and so they came to pare and they told Parai, This is what he's demanding of us. So Pare tells them, go back to Yosef. In the continuation of the Sikha and Siv Gimel, the Rebbe will bring the rest of the Rashi and go through what Rashi says there. But here, in the first part of Rashi, what we see is that Rashi is adding to the pasik that they didn't come first to Pare. First they went to Yosef, then Yosef demanded of them to make a bris, so they were not happy with that. Then they went to Pare, and Pare told them to go back to Yosef. So the obvious question here is, So the Pasuk is saying, they cried to Parei. And we understand this, based on what Pare told Yosef before this, Yishak this, that the reason why Pare is sending them to Yosef is because Parai already told Yosef that you're going to be the one that's going to lead the nation in all areas and everything. move on What happened over here that they came to Pare, and Pari sent them to Yosef is very simply understood. Why is it necessary for Rashi to explain anything in the Pesach here? What's Rashi saying here? Rashi is saying that they came first to Yosef, and then they went to Padre, and then Padre sent them to Yosef. Why does Rashi have to say any of this? What the Possek says is very simply understood. Even if there is some source, and there is some reason why Rashi has to say this, Rashi already told us the basis of everything he, t- he tells us in the Prat of the Possek and Rashi says this more than once, Rashi only mentions the Pshat of the Pasuk, or any Medrash that will fit into the Pshat of the Pasuk. If so, the question over here is, Where does Rashi see this here in the Pasuk, that first they came to Yosef? and Yosef demanded of them that they should make a bris. And then they came to Pare, and Pare told them to go back to Yosef. Where do you see this in the Pasuk? In the Pasuk it says they went to Pare and Pare sent them to Yosef. Gam Koshe question of here as well is, Adarab, Abba, Meloshon HaKosov, Sheparai Omolem, Asheh Yoyma, Loshon Tassel. The Pasuk says that Pari is telling them in a future tense, Go to Yosef, and whatever he demands of you, you'll have to do not that Pari is responding to what they told Pari, that Yosef had already demanded us to make a bris and Pari is telling them you have to listen to what Yosef had already told you so from the Loshan of the past we see Yosef didn't say anything yet Rashi is saying no this is already in the middle of a conversation there. in other words in the middle of a story they came to Yosef first and then they came to Pare, and Pare is telling them you have no choice you have to listen to Yosef so, why does it say in the Passock in the future tense? Asha t'asu. There are those that explain. It's the extra words here in the Posik that it says what Pare answered them that forces us to say that they were already by Yosef and they already had a discussion with Yosef. Why? If we're going to say, that, like it sounds like from the words of the PASIC, that they came first directly to PARAY, and it's PARAY that sent them afterwards to YOSEF. So, the PASIC should have just simply said, Yosef, that he told them go to YOSEF, and that's it. The fact that he adds and says, that PARAY added and said, whatever YOSEF tells you, you should do, why is the PASIC adding that? If you go to Yasef, so that's it. Go to Yasef, will take care of everything. Why does the Pasek have to add this detail? Move on, shehen kvar hoyo this is where Rashi takes the strat from that they were already by Yosef. And he required of them to do something that they weren't interested in. So therefore, Pari tells them you have no choice. You have to listen to Yosef. So Rashi's Rayah is from these extra words, asheh tasu, which Rashi actually quotes in his Dibra Maschal. Avol it's difficult to say that this is Rashi's Hechrich for his pshat. So we could say that we have arrived from here that there's some demand that Yosef had already made from the Mitzriya. And Pari is telling them you have to listen. But how do we know that that was to make a bris? Where does Rashi have a remiss for this that Yosef demanded of a bris mila? Aleph, so we have the following questions here. The Lashon as Rebbe pointed out before, in future tense, So it's clear that Yosef did not tell them anything yet. He's going to tell them in the future. Par is telling them whatever he's going to tell you, then you have to listen. So how could Rashi say different than the Lashon of the Pasuk? Beis, looking into the way Rashi writes his Pidish. So let's see what Rashi says. Be'im Rashi. <speaking in> Rashi's <Hebrew> <speaking in Hebrew> ra'yeh is from the very fact that it's necessary not only for pari to tell them to go to Yosef, but also to spell out that you have to have listen to what Yosef will command you. <speaking in Hebrew> Even though he's already been appointed to take care of all the matters in Mitzrayim. If that was Rashi's raya, then Rashi would have written his pshat interpreting these words. These extra words, and Rashi would say, and Rashi would say that from the here, from these extra words, I learn that Yosef had to a demand from them, and they have to listen to Yosef. That's what Pari is telling them. You have to listen to Yosef. But that's not the way Rashi writes his piddish. Rashi. The language of Rashi is Lafi Shaya Yasef I So Rashi of saying, since they already had the conversation with Yasef, and Yasef made a demand. Then they came to Pada, and Pad told them go back to Yasef. And Rashi continues going, as we'll see soon the continuation of the Rashi. So what is it what do you see from this? Mukach, Shazesh, Yasef Amalem Shi this detail that Yosef had demanded of them to make a bris, that's not what you learn from these extra words. yedua Kvar. This is something that we know otherwise. Muva kan. and Rashi is beginning with this, Pitur Hagdome, it's as an introduction, Piv Yuvon, Shah Tevis, Tasu, Pirushan, So this is just the beginning of what follows. That Pare told them, and what comes later on in the Rashi, as we'll see, the Rebbe quotes in the next sif over here, is not this. It's not referring to the bris. It's referring to the continuation that Rashi says later. Because when Rashi, again, when Rashi brings here, Lefi, Shahaya, Yosef, Ayimalem, Lefi sounds like Rashi is beginning the point by giving this introduction and then coming to the final shot, which is Negea, to the meaning of the words, Ashayim, Lefiim, Tasu. It comes only later in the Rashi. So, not that these words means that he told them to make a bris. So, if so, where does Rashi take this from? Where does Rashi take the fact that he already spoke to Yosef and Yosef told him to make a bris, that we already know this? How do we know this? So, now let's see the continuation in Rashi. What exactly did Pare tell the Mitri? So they tell they told Pari that Yasef is telling us we have to make a bris. Amalaham. Pari tells them, bor. why didn't you gather any grain? Bahaloi, Hikhriz Lakem, Shishna Rov Bon, didn't he announce and let you know in advance that the hunger years are coming? Omrullay the Mitzriam answered, no Harba, we gathered a lot of grain vihir kiva, and it all rotted. Amalahem, so Pari said to them, if that's the case, in Cain, Kola Shiyemul Kham Tasu, whatever he'll tell you, you better listen. He decreed on the grain that you gathered that it should rot, and it did. What's if Yazif will decree that we should die? We'll all die, so you better listen to what Yazif tells you. This was Pare's response to the mitzvah. The Gambazek here as well it's difficult to understand. Where does Rashi take this entire conversation from? And this entire response of Pare. Aleph, Kidle Ale. As we pointed out, as called, where do you see any remnants in the Passock for this entire discussion? They asked for bread, they needed bread, food, and Pare told them, Go to Yasa for your food. That's it. Rashi creates a whole conversation there that the Mitzrayim had with Pare, and Pare's response, all these details. Where does Rashi take this from? So Rashi says, they told Pareh, we did gather a lot of the grain, and it all rotted. And Rashi answers them, since they have nothing to eat, it all rotted. They have no other choice. Whatever he'll tell you, you have to do. What else is missing over here? Even if this part of the conversation happened, they pointed out to Parei that they have no bread, and Pari was wondering, what do you mean you have no bread? You didn't prepare for this hunger in advance. So even if we're going to say that they explained Pari, we did prepare, but we don't have. So Kut said, I don't have anything to eat. So Parei tells him, if you have nothing to eat, Yosef is the only one that gathered grain and his grain did not rot. You have no choice. You got to go to Yosef. What else is missing here? What else does Rashi have to add that Rashi says that Pari explained to them that he could also decree that you should die? Where does Rashi take this from? Gimel, Rashi, Allah, Shana, Kol, Whatever Yosef will tell you. Where does, why does Rashi add this detail of Kol, And the postic it says, Dalid Yoyma, Pari says, He includes himself and says, What will be if Yosef will decree that we should die? Why is Pari including himself in this? The people came, the Mitzriim came and asked for food. So he's explaining to Mitzrim that you should go to Yosef. But Pari wasn't part of this. Pari had what to eat. So why is Pari including himself in this, Gizayim? Hey, mise man d'chara mei. Why is Rashi going so far to say Misa? That Parish said that he could also decree that you should die. Why would Yosef do such a thing? Why would Yosef make a gzera that they should all die? Hey, Nemes, shepirish azeh b'chlalusoi, p'rish rashi shelefanenu mekaira b'medrash. Now, regarding all these questions here, the source of Rashi is in the medrash. Avop, haloi yidua aklal shakal al Rashi b'pirusha. Shemei vidrashas razal rak bemukhruhu liyashadivra amikra leifanov kanal. Rashi only quotes a medrash. If the words of the medrash is not just a drush, but it fits into the pshat of the Pesach. So, if Rashi quotes this Medrish, there has to be some way where can, we can see this in the Pshar of the Pasuk. How? Now, let's look more in general, but we'll get to the general content of what this Rashi and Medrish are saying. Why did Yosef demand of the midstream that they should all make a bris or befrat against their will? what exactly is Yosef gaining by this demand that they're all going to make a bris? Beis, another question, ala posik va'ach as dimchem l'nafshiseichem edrish. Earlier in Parshas Neach, it says, the Elisha says, I will demand the blood of your nefesh. What is this referring to? Pirish Rashi. So there Rashi explains, she This means if a person even spills his own blood, the Evesh does not allow this in the Pshat, where Rashi explains that Pasuk there, a person is not allowed to spill his own blood. Even if when he spills his blood, he's not bringing an illness upon himself, he's not killing himself. Just like the Isra that it says there in the Pasuk not to eat or drink any blood, not to drink any blood from a living being. Over here as well, a person is not allowed to spill his own blood. The Rebbe parenthetically adds over here: too the mitzvah of Bris that Avram Avinu fulfilled. We could now explain if this is true. This Pshat is now we see this Rashi, so we can understand now the question that many have asked: Why did Avram Avinu not fulfill the mitzvah of Bris before he was commanded? Av Shagam Az Kiyim Kalataira Kula Achalei Nitna. Avram Ramavina fulfilled Kalataira Kula before he was commanded. Before it was given. So why didn't he fulfill the mitzvah of Biris? He waited until the Abisha gave him the mitzvah. So the answer is, ki Shinit Staveh Loy Lishpik Dame. He was commanded not to spill blood, not to even spill of his own blood. Upashit Shayim Makim Ve's a Hidor mitzvah Shalai Nitna Kishinit Staveh Shalai He can't go ahead and fulfill a mitzvah which he wasn't commanded. And he's only doing it on his own as a hider to do what he wants to do without being commanded. He can't do that on the expense of not fulfilling a mitzvah or going against what he was commanded to not spill his blood. So he couldn't do the mitzvah. He was commanded not to spill his own blood. Once he's commanded on the mitzvah of Bresmila, So that completely removes the iser of spilling his blood. So only then could he fulfill the mitzvah. So we see over here that there's an iser of spilling blood. Please If so, it's not understood. How is Yosef demanding of the mitzvah that they should all make a bris? So they're all, all of these mitzvah are commanded not to spill blood. So how is Yasef demanding them to do something which is against one of the uh, mitzvahs that the Bnei Nech were not allowed to spill any blood? So to answer all these questions. So the Rebbe here had many questions, about nine or ten questions on this Rashi. I mean, really the main point here that the Rebbe is saying is that the whole Rashi seems to be extra. The Pshat and the is clear without Rashi saying one word. And Rashi creates an entire conversation and Rashi creates a whole new part of the story. It doesn't say in the POSIC, it went first to Yosef, then they went to Pari, and there was a demand for a bris. And Pari says that he could threaten you to, to kill you all, a of misa. Where does Rashi take all of this from? So the explanation here is as follows: Ala Posik, the Posik we quoted before, that you are appointed on my people, and according to you, Yishak kol Ami. What does the word Yishak mean? Pirish Rashi, Yishak means Yitzan Yisparnas. You will be the one that will feed all the people. Kol Ami All of the needs the food of my people, you will be the one to take care of them. Hainu shal Yisuf the as kol That was Yisuf's uh, position, to take care of all the needs of the Mitzrayim, including food and everything else. Yosef Yasef accepted this position. And this was well known to all the Mitzriim. As it explains in the Psukim where it says, and Yosef was paraded around the whole Mitzrayim. They saw that he was appointed to this position. And then Bar, Yom, and Yosef gathered all the grain, a tremendous amount of grain for the hunger years. So this was something that was public knowledge. Everybody knew Yosef's position that he is the one that has all the food to provide for them. In the alpizess, and now if so, kashatirav kol eretz mitzrayim v'yitzhakal melparei l'alechem when they were all hungry and they came and they screamed, to who? To parei. E'enu muven klal? L'omatzakwa mitzram melparei l'alechem. Why are they coming to parei? To ask for bread. Or are they kol tzorchei panasasamu m'zoynim heimaide Yosef? All their food... All the Parnasseh is going to be provided to them through Yosef. Why didn't they go directly to Yosef? What is the Pasik saying? They came to scream to pare. So this is where Rashi takes the first and main point of his Piddush, that the Teir is summarized and did not spell out something that's obvious. They definitely first did come to Yosef and asked Yosef to give them the food. He's the ruler. When Yesef did not want to give them the food unconditionally, so then they came to cry to the party. So now the big question becomes, how does Yesef not fulfill his job and, and provide them the food? This is, this is, he accepted this position. So here we, we must say, There's something that Yosef had demanded from them. And it's not a wonder that Yosef is demanding something in return for the food that he's giving them. We see that even when he provided the food for them, it was for a price. So over here, there must be something that Yosef had demanded for them in return for the food. And they didn't agree. Malcolm. So they went to Pare, their king, to go and intercede on their behalf, because Yosef didn't want to give them the food unconditionally. So, in the simple shot of the Pasik. The fact that they came to Parai, this shows that something happened over here. They must have first been by Yosef. That was the regular Seder, to go to Yosef to get food. So it must be that Yosef didn't want to give them the food unconditionally, and they came to Parai to intercede on their behalf. So what is this demand that Yosef asked them from them that they didn't want to fulfill? If you look at the pashis and the psukim that we have already learned before, before this pasuk here, move on. Itself understood that the demand of Yosef was that they should make a bris. How do we see this? So the explanation is as follows: when the Ebeshet commands Avram to make a bris for himself and the people of his household. All the people in your house, all the servants that you acquired, that you own them, they should all make a bris. And it's understood. The reason for this mitzvah is to include everybody else in his household and everyone he owns. The people that are born in his house, that he oh, and the people that he owns in his house, they're in his possession. They're subordinate to him, so therefore they're part of what they're tavram And therefore the Eved says, those that are toffel to you, that belong to you or are toffel to you in your possession, those are the ones that are included in your mitzvah to see to it that they should also have a bris. So, based on this, this applies to Yosef as well. Yosef is the ruler on the land. And he was appointed over the people in Mitzrayim. To the extent that no one could raise his hand and feet to do anything without Yosef's permission. They were under his control and in his possession, like when you own a servant, like someone that you acquired. Yosef had full control over their lives. So in Cain, That's logical to say that Yosef had an obligation to make an effort to see to it that they should all make a bris. So therefore, like Avraham Avinu, those that are toffel and are under the shus of Avraham Avinu, is part of the mitzvah, of himo yilid and so on. So the same thing applies over here with Yosef and all the mitzvahim. With this, we'll understand better the way Rashi puts this. Yosef was telling them. He was always telling them this. Rashi doesn't simply say that Yosef told them. He made this demand once. Between this, he would constantly demand this of them. It wasn't a one-time thing that he demanded. He would constantly tell them and encourage them to make a bris. And he definitely intensified his demand when the hunger began. And so now they come to him for the food because he's the ruler. He's the only one that has the food for them. So here he was able to demand much stronger that they should make a bris. So this was a constant demand because Yasef wanted to fulfill the mitzvah of making a bris for all miknas kaspachah, which in this case includes all of the people in Mitzrayim, you say the mizu even more so al pi anal. So Yosef is obligated to make an effort that they should all make a bris. So we must say so when the hunger was very strong and they didn't have what to eat. And so Yosef, and they must come to Yosef. So, Yosef is obligated to use this opportunity and not give them the food or sell them the food for money to use out this opportunity to fulfill his mitzvah to get them to make a bris. So, that's exactly what Yosef did. So, based on what we learned in Pashas Lech Lecha, we could understand that this was the condition that Yosef set to be able to get food from him. So, this is the first part of the story. How we know that they came first to Yosef and Yisuf made a demand, and they didn't want to fulfill it. And we now know why the demand was specifically to make a bris. So now they come to Pare. Pare should intercede on their behalf. And why doesn't Pare, why does Pare refuse to help them? They come and they cry to Pare. He's the king after all. Yisuf is only the second in command. And, yes, and Pare refuses to help them out is not getting evolved. He will not command Yosef to give them any food. Even if they don't have a bris. Move on. Pari has to give a reason. Why aren't you interceding on our behalf? After all, Parai is the king. Yes, he appointed Yosef to take care of all matters of Midstream, but Parai does have the ability in an unusual circumstance when they felt Yosef is making an unreasonable demand to intercede on their behalf, why is Pari refusing? They don't have food, they're all going to die. So therefore, Rashi has to explain why Pari just tells them luchu. In other words, if we were to say that this that Pari sends them to go to Yosef was simply because Pari is telling them, why are you coming to me? I already appoint somebody to take care of this. I appointed Yosef. Why don't you go to Yosef? So then, would, Rashi would not have to add anything why Pari is sending them to Yosef. Self-understood. But what happened over here, they were already by Yasef. And Yasef made an unreasonable demand in their mind. And that's why they came to Pare to intercede on their behalf. And still Parei, being a king, having the ability to intercede on their behalf, is sending them back to Yasef. Here, has to, uh, Rashi, Rashi, that is, has to explain why is Pare refusing to help them out. Tams times, Farish Rashi. So therefore, Rashi explains, Harei, gozar al-atvue that he uh, decreed on the grain that it should rot, and it did. If you're coming to me to ask for bread, it's because of the natural disaster that there was then, the hunger, and you're coming to me for bread because of this natural disaster. So then, there's room for me to intercede on your behalf, to help you out, and to command Yosef to give you bread, Without, unconditionally. But if the reason that you have nothing to eat is, is all supernatural, it's they all gathered grain, and Yasef decreed that it all became, it all rotted, so it's Zayda of Yasef, so then why, why should I intercede on your behalf? What benefit is there if I'm going to tell Yasef and I'm going to force his hand to, to give you food unconditionally? He's going to give you food, a pizzi vi pari, because I'll force his hand. Pari will force his hand. But what's going to happen? Yigza, shiirkev, gam, And then he'll decree that this that he, I forced him to give you, it'll also rot. And you still won't have what to eat. So Pari was explaining them. there's no point in me helping you out here. I have no power in this. Because you can see here that Yasef has supernatural powers to cause all your grain to rot. So therefore I can't, I can't help you out. Therefore Paré refused. But this is not yet enough for Paré to push them off. At least for temporary relief, to have what to eat, to get food for today and be able to eat the food which is still fresh, it'll be a benefit. And and even Paré says that, look, look what happened. He decreed that the food that you gathered had already rotted. So even afterwards here, How do you know for sure that Yisab will decree again, if you're going to force him to to feed us, that the the food should rot again? Maybe he won't. And even if he will decree that the food should rot. What do you have to lose? Meanwhile, we'll have what to eat for today. And whatever will rot, so it'll rot. But we need at least immediate relief to eat something. And we're we're not ready to fulfill his unreasonable demand to make a bris. So, paray, pushing them off, saying that potentially Yosef could decree that the food that I'll force force him to give you will rot, is not enough of a reason that he shouldn't intercede on their behalf. So therefore we have to say, We must say that there is something that they stand to lose here. In if Padre is going to go and try to force Yosef's hand. They're in a situation that there's a hunger, and if they're not going to get food over time, they're all going to die, but they stand to lose something if Padre is going to intercede on their behalf. What is this? There's no greater Hezek than the fact that they may die, but they have time. Over here though, Yosef could decree that you're going to die immediately. So, me interceding on your behalf is not only, I have nothing to lose, at least get us temporary relief, let's try our best. No, if I'm going to intercede on your behalf, there's a big concern that perhaps he'll decree and you'll die immediately. So, therefore, Rashi has to add this. Paray is explaining why he's sending them away. I can't even help you, I I don't want to give you even temporary relief. I can't command Yisav to do something against his will. It's the, the opposite. Yisav has the power to decree upon us different things. I can't force his hand. If I do, what happens if then he decrees that we all die? That's why Rashi must add this. Because without this, there's no reasonable explanation why parai being the king, did not intercede on their behalf. Elamai, it must be that he has no power over Yasef, and it's not a situation where they have nothing to lose and try your best. No, there is a concern that they may die. Sorry, missed the paragraph, let's go back up. However, you can still, the mitzvim that is, could still answer Pare back as follows and say to him, Kivin she Yasef They knew who Yosef was. They saw Yosef was a righteous man. And therefore his decrees are fulfilled. Why would he decree that all the Mitzvim should die? They're not forcing him. They're not going to be the ones to force him to feed them and commanding him to feed them. So they're not going to die. He's the one that's forcing them. So... You're saying that we have what to lose because we're going to die. The Mitzrayim are going to die. They're not. Why why would Yosef decree that they should die? Pari is telling them, no, no, no. It's I'm I'm myself as well. You're asking me to go and force Yosef's hands. I'm forcing you to do something against his will. So me, together with all of you, us, we will die. You're causing me to go and force him to give you the food, so Yasef will decree that we should all die. That's why Pare is including himself in this, because it's not just that Yasef will unreasonably make a decree that the Mitzrim should die. But here, as a result of Pare forcing his hands, Yasef might decree on Pare, along with the Mitzrim that are causing Pare to go and force Yasef that they should all die. So now this detail here. That he doesn't want to force Yasef because in the future you never know what he can decree upon them. This is hinted in the fact that the Pastik uses the future tense, what he's going to say to you. And as the Reverend pointed out in the beginning of the Sikha, according to Rashi, Pari was telling them not only that you have to listen to what Yosef is going to tell you in the future, but Pari was also telling them that you have to listen to what Yosef said in the past to make a brismila. But why does the Possek emphasize the future? So, this expression of Yomer in the future means that Pari is telling them He's not only referring to the conversation in the past, which is the brismila. He's telling them, it's not only about the past, it's also about the future. Whatever he's going to tell you in the future, you're going to have to do as well. Why is the Pasuk emphasizing that detail? Why is Padae concerned and pointing out to them the fact that he may also make an additional demand of them in the future? So, by using the future tense, that Yosef could make demands in the future, and he could tell you something more than what he already demanded in the past, this is hinting, Pare is hinting to them the reason why he doesn't want to get involved. He doesn't have any ability to force Yosef's hands to do anything against his will. Why? He may actually now say something in the future that he did not demand before. So if that's the case, even regarding an oinish, regarding a decree of uh, that they may die, So parei, is telling them to go and fulfill what Yosef had demanded of them in the past. However, Padre is also pointing out the future, because that's really the main reason why Padre doesn't want to get involved. He's not only telling them, go fulfill what Yosef said. No, they're asking him, come and get involved. This is an unreasonable demand. Help us out. Says Paday, because if you're not going to listen to Yosef, so looking at the future, you don't know what Yosef is going to demand in the future. And you don't know what he could decree upon us in the future. That's the main reason why Paday didn't want to get involved. Therefore, the Pasuk uses a future tense in the Lashon of, Yoy And Tassu. And this is also the Lashon that Rashi adds, the word call. The Rebbe doesn't clearly explain what's his answer to why Rashi adds the word "call," meaning to say, Paray was saying, we don't know what Yesu is going to say in the future. It's not only, right now you have this demand that you know that he made in the past. You know exactly what his demand is. To make a bris, go ahead and make a bris and it's over with. But if you're not going to listen to that demand, and you want me to intercede on your behalf, and now it's going to be a new fight here with Yisuf, and I'm going to try to force his hands, you don't know what he's going to say in the future. So it's not, Rashi does say specifically that he may even make a decree that we should die. But it's not only that. It's in general, Paddy's is telling them it's smarter to listen to the demand that Yesuf had already said in the past, because you don't know what he's going to say in the future. And then you're going to be forced to listen to him, call whatever he may tell you in the future. Besides the simple pshat that the Rebbe explained here beautifully, the whole conversation, how we see this in the Pasik, we also have Yenashtalteira. So, but before we go to the Yenashtalteira, just let's review very quickly here how Rashi, how the Rebbe explained this. Rashi, the fact that it says that they came to Paday is the unusual thing that Rashi sees in this Pasik. Why are they coming to Paday? If everybody knew Yosef is the one that takes care of all of their food and their parnasa. That's where Rashi begins his pshat, that it must be that they came to Pari for a specific reason. They went to Yosef. Yosef made an unreasonable demand in their mind to make a bris, and therefore they came to Pari, okay? And then we know that, why, that Yosef's demand was the bris, as the Rebbe explained, because that was Yosef's mitzvah, that they should all make a bris. And that Rebbe also explained beautifully why Rashi takes this conversation and this answer of Pari to such an extent to say that Pare is telling them that that they might die. Yosef made the decree on them they should die because Pare has to explain why as a king he's not interceding on their behalf in such an unusual circumstance. They're not coming to Pare Stam. They came to Pare after they were by Yosef and now they're coming to Pare. So now Rashi has to explain why is refusing. And so Rashi says Padre had a good reason because by him interceding on their behalf might make matters worse as the Rebbe explained there. So now the Yenish Mavur, became a It's explained in many places. That Yosef was different than all of his brothers. The fact that they didn't get along is not only because of the things that we see in the Pusig, that they, he argued with them, and, but there's also there's something deeper here. The Aveda of Yosef was very different than the Shvatim, and they did, they did not understand each other. Yosef was on a higher level. He was Mechaveda Zilus. He was on the level of Bittel in the world of Atsilis. All matters of Eilam Hazza did not take up any place in his life. They did not in any way disturb him. So he was able to be in Eilam Hazza, in Mitzrayim, as a king the lowest place in the world at that time, and be involved and occupied with all the matters that he needed to as a king. At the same time, he maintained his full dedication and oneness with the abishter It did not affect him whatsoever. He's able to be in Mitzrayim, a king in Mitzrayim, and yet at the same time, be fully one with abishter That was Yisaf. The Shvatim on a different level. They're in the world of Bria, where there's a beginning of an existence, of a world that, it, that takes up place in their life. A little bit. In the world of Bria, that's the Haskhala, the Havshadus of Bria. So for them, in order to not become distracted by the world, they have to remove themselves and remain secluded from the world. So therefore they chose... As a profession, to be shepherds. So that's how they can remain secluded from worldly matters, and they can serve the Eibushter undisturbed. That's the difference between Yosef and his brothers. So now, from our Rashi, we can see to what far extent this goes as with Yosef. So that not only does Yosef not get disturbed from serving the Eibishter personally to be connected while he's involved in Eilam HaZem. Yosef was also influential and affected the world around him. He was involved in the world and was influencing the world around him while he was completely one with the Eibishter. Not only this, he also... Forced all people in Mitzrayim, she'erva sa'aret, the lowest place in the world, she yamaylu u'la'chniya b'ze es pechinasam Stufe shtuvezima. By making a bris, he is subduing the main clip of Mitzrayim, which is the immorality of Mitzrayim. So Yesu was able to influence them and affect them and elevate the people of Mitzrayim. V'ad shegamparei ba'atsmoy melech Mitzrayim, Pare himself, which is the king of Mitzrayim, t'siva alein l'shmeil Yisrael olam le'satsmam, also commanded them to make him bris and to follow Yosef's orders. So Yosef was involved in Mitzrayim. He influenced the people of Mitzrayim and he was connected with the E-Bishter. He didn't compromise in any way his dvekas to the Other Other this was part of his dvekas to be in Mitzrayim and go and be mashpia and bring all people of Mitzrayim to elevate them. This is the lesson we all take from this. Yisrael nikru b'shem Yosef. We find that all Yidin are called with the name Yosef. In this Pasuk, all are called Yisif. So every yid could also affect on himself to bring himself to this level. If a person is found in a place and he sees all the people around him are in a very low place, spiritually speaking, very far from Yiddishkeit And so on. Not only should he not get affected by this low reality that he's living with, and not get affected by the Gashmias and the Chumrius and the place that he's in, and not to have a fallen spirit, but even more so, of all of this, and he has to be strong and be committed to the Taito Mitzvah that he fulfills, but even more than this. In that environment, in such a place, a Yiddah is the koyach to be influential in the people around him. Val kol haYidim anim zohim shom the Yidden that are found there. V'atchay they are n'ha'gebayif n'amassim by the proper conduct in this area. Yigam o'er la goyim v'chulu he'll be a light not only for Yidden but also a light upon the nations. Shigam b'nei ne'ach yiskaimu yiskaimu ha'zai mitzvah shalehem that the goyim will also fulfill their mitzvahs. V'atchay yistakim v'yizbarer kol ha'ayilam kulay to finally elevate and refine the entire world. And then, niske, Lebias Mashiach, will merit the coming of Mashiach, the fulfillment of the promise, Amim Safa bruro, Likre All nations will call out to the Eibeshe, echad, and to serve him all together.